For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Driving home from SeaTac Airport. I just ran into Seattle comedy legend, Brad Upton, who uh, apparently uses the same airport parking as I do. Extra car, the choice of Northwest comedians. He really is a Seattle comedy legend. He's in, uh, oh man, how old is Brad? I wish I knew. He might be like close to 70. He might be 70, I'm not sure. Late 60s? Mid 60s. No idea. Uh, he's hilarious. He had a very good career um, for decades. You know, he did a lot of like uh, private events and cruise ships and made a very good living. And then, you know, about five years ago or so, put out a dry bar comedy special that went beyond viral. And he performs at sold out theaters all around the world now. He was coming back from, it's not technically a theater, but the Brea Improv in Brea, California. Uh, And, you know, he's got like, you know, management and tour managers. and, And this all happened in his 60s. And it's so fucking cool. There's not one person... And in comedy, who would be like, oh, fucking Brad Upton got lucky. Everyone, everyone who knows him is so happy and it's so deserved and it's, uh, it's amazing. I was actually, I guess I can say this because he, he told me, he goes, do you remember a show we did together in 2018? And I, I do. I remembered the show because it was like the, the, the booker was like, I'm going to start off with like a three headliner show. Uh, just to, you know, get this venue on board with how cool comedy is. We're going to do a three-headliner show, and I don't remember the third one, but it was me and Brad were the other two. And uh, Brad said, he told me at that show, he goes, I want, he's like, you close it out. And I was like, probably hesitant because I respect Brad so much, and it's almost like a, you know, He's one of the guys who taught me how to do comedy. I don't mean like he sat me down, but I just mean when I started comedy, I didn't know how to do it. I watched him and a few other Seattle headliners, and I go, okay, that's kind of what you do, okay? Um, so I, as a respect thing, I would have, you know, but I'm like, okay, all right. And what Brad said is that night in 2018, he goes, I just, I realized I didn't care. It was like a symbolic passing of the torch. Like, you know, I've done my time as a Northwest headliner guy. 
give it over to like a newer generation, although I certainly wasn't young even then. And he was like, and I just thought like, not that I was, I was going to, um, I was getting ready to cut way back on my schedule. And I remember that show watching you going, it's someone else's turn. And then a month later, uh, he had a video go viral and, uh, you know, now here he is, here he is, which is uh, pretty cool, man. Look him up. If you haven't seen Brad Upton, he's a very hilarious, clean, clean comedian. Dirty man, clean. No, he's not a dirty man, but uh, there aren't a lot of success, success stories in any industry that are like, boy, shit really took off in my 60s. Uh, but he's one of them. There was a drunk guy on the airplane. I'm kind of surprised they let him on. Just loudly. Talking to everybody. You can hear him for like, you know, half the planes. Like, hey! Where are you from? Oh, yeah, I'm from Seattle. You visiting? He's trying to tell him this faux place to go to. Or maybe it's pho. I'm, I'm never sure. It's always in a cute name. Fee-fi-fo, yum, or, you know, what the fuh, whatever they cutely named the restaurant. But he's like telling someone who's visiting Seattle, he's like, you know where Dick's is? Okay, there's the QFC by the Dick's in Ballard. And then it's by, you know the QFC in Ballard? There's best pho I've ever had in my life. And then when I got off the plane, he passed out sleeping. But when I got off the plane, you know at the airport they have those religious people holding flyers as you exit the airport sometimes or enter? Uh, and I don't think they're allowed to talk, so they just stand there holding pamphlets. And then I guess if you engage them, they can engage you. I don't, what's the religion success rate, by the way? of people who just awkwardly stare at you while holding a flyer. Usually while wearing a very long jean skirt. Is there just a church full of people somewhere that are like, they got you at the airport too, huh? But anyway, as I was walking out, I see my drunk foe friend, 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 friend or foe, another good name. And he was he was talking to this lady holding a pamphlet. He's like, "Hey, how are you? Mind if I talk to you?" And she's like, "No." She's probably like thrilled. Someone made eye contact with her. But he's like, are "You from Seattle? I'm from Seattle." Why do drunk people care about where they're from so much? Like, the more people drink, they just the more they just yell out the stupid fucking town they're from. Years in comedy clubs. And with people just yelling out the town you're in. Louisville! Woo! Like, I, yeah, I know. I know where I am. I'm from Seattle! Did early man do that? 
did cavemen get fucked up on fermented fruit and just be like, cave, cave, me cave, I cave, cave. Anyway, this dude looked like he was trying to put moves on the uh, uh, religious lady, who I assume is already married, uh, perhaps with a sister wife and has 14 kids, but, you know, he's still trying to, like, you ever, you know, um, the dicks, do you know the QFC in Ballard? Best fucking foe I ever had in uh, uh, f- forget about it. That's the name of it. It's called Forget About It. It's called. It's by the QFC. It's called f- Fuck Me. That's good. It's called What the Fuck. Anyway, hopefully she's praying for him. Uh, Coming back from Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas. Uh, Fun week, man. I mean, don't tell any other club. But it might be number one for me. might be my number one fun time. Just because, you know, the lodgings at the uh, uh, MGM uh, Signature are so nice. The comedy club is so nice. Usually full. I mean, we started off the week with some lighter crowds, but still fun. I started wearing glasses last year. I don't love it. They look good. Thank you. I don't don't have time to wait for compliments. (laughs) It changes how the world sees me. How long are you wearing glasses? Uh, maybe three years. Maybe three years. Did you feel like a vibe shift when you started wearing the glasses? Definitely. A little bit? You have big Judah Freelander vibes. I, Do you like him? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this backwards if you want. Uh, is there anyone I remind you of? You're on the spectrum, but keep it together. No, I fucking know who he is. I, I sound nothing like Judah Friedlander, by the way. He's the coolest dude ever. Well, I'm here tonight, so let's focus on me. Fuck, you're talking to me like you're watching this on YouTube. I can fucking hear you. You're not just next to someone on the couch like, you know who he reminds me of. I've been trying to think of puns. You don't please stop. Stop. You you got the night off. I got this covered, man. I brought jokes and everything. I don't know what your expectation of the evening was, but you can relax, man. I know what the fuck I'm doing. We're in good hands. Look, if he needs me, I'll be ready. There's a quiet moment, I'll say who it reminds me of. <laughs> Again, a live YouTube comment. 
stop audibly yelping at this show? Well done. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. I don't want to brag, but I've uh, often been compared to Judah Friedlander. So, just putting that out there. It's like a very classy place. I mean, I wear a t-shirt with the day of the week on it, so I don't class it up, but it's a classy place. The staff is so nice. Brad Garrett is so incredibly nice. Uh, so, yeah. And also, I said this before, he is so... He wasn't there. He was there Friday to Sunday. So, he, you know, when he comes in, Friday, he hosts the show, does like 25 minutes, brings the middle act up to do 10 minutes, goes back, does like 15 minutes. Part of that, he's talking about his charity, where, you know, he sells things for like, uh, what is the charity? I'll give it a plug. Uh, Maximum Hope Foundation. Maximum Hope Foundation, which is like, it gives money and aid to parents of children who have life-threatening illnesses, basically. Uh, which, I mean, come on. This is the this is the kind of charity that uh, Brad Garrett is involved in. So, you know, he's pitching all this stuff that people can buy afterwards and giving it away. And also, like, crushing. And it's not as hard headlining as it is doing the middle spot, but it's still like, uh, man... It's not like, mm, I can't wait to do the new joke I'm working on. You're just like, I'm going to go out there and fucking hope for the best. I don't really have a look that says I'm doing well financially. Okay, no disagreement from you guys. You're doing great. Thank you. It's not the Special Olympics, so fuck off, sir. I'm doing fine. I thought I was doing okay, so the guy yelled out, you're doing great. That's not a good sign. I doubt that, sir. You canceled YouTube? Do I need to bring out a lava lamp? Will I perform? Would that be a real low-budget sphere for you? <laughs> it's just like, whoa. I've been on stage a few minutes. I've heard you're doing good and good one. Fuck me. Are you serious as a crowd right now? This isn't my make-a-wish. This is... The fuck is going on out here? God damn it. You're like, this must be one of Brad's sick kids he was talking about. You're doing good! Keep going! We'll pray for you! God damn it. It's hard enough to follow a famous person, but a, a famous person who's killing with crowd work that's also, like, very inappropriate racial things. You know what I mean? It's like... That actually annoyed me 
it in, I would get annoyed at the crowds in my head because, you know, Brad's out there uh, just murdering with Don Rickles-esque type insult humor. And they're just loving it. And then I'm up there five minutes later and I would say a joke and it would kind of get a groan. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? That was... That was too far? Is it because I'm not famous? Is it because there's not a show called Everybody Loves Gabriel? I think my Ray Romano was a goat impression. It's getting better. Uh, Mrs. Rutledge, my wife, came down. Thursday to Saturday she was there uh, did Brad give her a Brad Garrett's Comedy Club hoodie and not give me one yeah that happened am I a little salty about it no why would you fucking no I'm, it's fine a gift for her is a gift for me fucking whatever I can't fit into a large anyway They also, uh, they hook, this is what I'm saying, the staff is so nice. They hooked us up with uh, some, Christy and I, uh, my wife, with some uh, comp tickets to see David Copperfield at the MGM. And uh, I, and it was like pitched like, even Brad was like, you've not, you, you think you've seen a performer mail it in before. Wait till you see David Copperfield. And I'm like, I can't wait. And it, if anything, it was undersold to me how much David Copperfield is mailing it in. He, he delivered his lines like he was double parked in front of the MGM and had to get out real quick. Also, just physically, I don't know, he's very old, but also like, I understand, you know, Maybe you get a hairpiece at that age, but not the hairpiece of an Asian toddler when you're in your 70s. I mean, it, it looks ridiculous. Skin's all pulled tight back in the face. You know what I mean? Just like, am I smiling? The muscles don't work anymore. This is how mailed in his delivery was. He, he started, because there's, you know, there's a theme to the show, and he's, like, talking about his favorite toy when he was a kid, because later in, it's, you know, it's like a toy dinosaur, and later in the show, a, a giant toy dinosaur appears. So he's like, this is how he delivers the lights. He goes, everyone had a favorite toy when they were a kid. What was yours? And then he points... He starts pointing to the audience. No one's talking in the audience. But he's just pointing at random spots in the audience. And he goes, what was your favorite toy as a kid? Barbie? Points to the other side. Oh, G.I. Joe's? Points points again to a random no one direction. Oh, that guy said Legos. Well, my favorite toy was a toy dinosaur. And I was like... That's how we opened the show. So everyone's kind of like, 
Wait, is he? He just had a fake conversation with three people. No one said anything. And it's supposed to be sentimental. I don't know why. I mean, he made things appear, and it was pretty amazing. You know, all of a sudden there's a car on stage. All of a sudden there's a, a spaceship flying saucer thing floating over the crowd. So I don't really know why it needed to be a sentimental story, especially if you're going to mail it in uh, performance-wise. But it would be like, you know, he's talking about his his dad, and he's like, but delivering it like, when I was a kid, my dad was my hero. He was the most important man in the world to me. When we grew older, uh, we became less close, and I regret it to this day. He wrote me a letter. The last letter he ever wrote me, and I lost that letter, and I regret that. Because I'll never know what his last words to me were. It's like So it's supposed to be like this moving story, but he's delivering it with the energy of a book report. It was a very, very good book. It was called um, To Kill a Mockingbird, and it raised, uh, it was talking about uh, racial inequities in the South. So yeah, the magic parts were cool. And the, uh, <laughs> the delivery of the plot of the show was uh, downright hilarious. I have actually seen comedians do that move too, where they pretend someone in the audience says something to lead the, you know, because they have a funny joke they want to do about it. This guy says he's a plumber. Well, he knows a thing or two about laying pipe. Thank you. Good night, standing ovation. Blowjobs all around. But it has to be a big enough room that, like, as the audience member, you're like, maybe I didn't hear the guy say plumber. But the, the David Copperfield, it was like a a small enough, intimate enough room that, and it was dead silent. And so it's like, this guy said J.I. Joe. She says Barbie. This guy said, and you're like, no. No one said anything. Would I see the show again? Absolutely. I mean, if he's mailing it in now, wait till next year. Ugh, my dad was my hero when I was a kid. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then he would also do this thing where, like, he would do the trick and then, like, clap for himself so we would clap. He motioned for us to stand up so we would give him a standing ovation. I'm like, I, you know, that's not magic. That's just manipulation. Every night I get a standing ovation and it means the world to me. If my dad were alive, he could say My head is so itchy underneath this fake hair that is so much hair it looks like three hair pieces glued together.
now I gotta I gotta see Penn and Teller at uh, the Rio. But the times it's hard to get the times to work out because there's two shows there. I feel like that drunk guy at the airport still talking to the God Lady. It's more like behind the QFC. You can't see it from the road. That's why it's called unfortunate location. I'll stop. Uh, Christy and I, uh, on Friday night, we renewed our wedding vows in Las Vegas. Um, at the Graceland Chapel. In front of God and Elvis. Actually, I didn't see God. Uh, but I did see Elvis. Uh, so that was fun. That was like a little surprise I had for my wife of 26 years. Um, you know, it's a lot less pressure getting your wedding vows renewed. It's not a lot of paperwork or anything. But I thought it would be kind of fun to do. Uh... And it was, it was like so cheesy and so corny, which is exactly what I was hoping. We did get picked up uh, to go to the Graceland Chapel in a, uh, a gold limo. And then when we got in the limo, uh, it, it was very old. It looked like Elvis used to be in it. And it also <laughs> said Golden Nugget inside. So I guess they got that at a repossession sale at some point. I don't know. But also, I'd, uh, you know, our limo driver just chatted the whole time through the back window, you know? And I was a little bit, I kind of wanted to, like, you know, we weren't having, like, super sentimental moments, but we're still, like, in a limo driving to get our wedding vows renewed. He's like, oh, I'm going to take the back way. There's a little bit of traffic. Oh, over there. Hey, later, if you guys... uh need some supplies and you don't want to pay the MGM prices, there's, you know, there's like liquor and you know, toiletries across the street. We're like, I, oh, okay. I mean, there was a little window. We could have hit the window up, but he's just chatting away the whole time. Would have felt rude to like, in the middle of him, like, well, I moved for here myself in the 70s. told this so many times, but after our actual wedding, we had a limo ride to the airport. And, uh, you know, we were messing around in the back, because the limo driver lady was like, oh, I'm just gonna let me know if you need anything, and then she put the window up, which is what I would, this, wish this guy would have done. And then, uh, you know, there's no PG-13 version uh, of events. I was receiving my first blowjob as a husband. And uh, the window came down. Did you guys need anything? Because I don't know why. She thought we hit a button. I don't know what. We were like, no, we're, we're good. Well, I said that. My wife was like, we're good. Okay, that's not... That's not true. 
I made that part up. Anyway, the limo driver was a woman that made it hotter. But there is a difference between uh, the sex you have after your wedding and the sex you have after you get your wedding vows renewed uh, 26 and a half years later. I'll say that. I mean, I don't remember everything that was said on our wedding night, but I'm pretty sure no one said, you're going to have to go on top because I hurt my wrist. And that, <laughs> that was said after the, that's more of a vows renewal thing to say in the bedroom. Yeah, I hurt my wrist. I don't even know where. But it was very, it was very fun. You know, there's no one else. It was just uh, me, Christy, Elvis, and a photographer. And the photographer, you know, they do. They're just cranking people in and out of there. So really, you know, we paid money, but they want to sell more pictures to you later. The package I got had four. I'm kind of a high roller. I got the four picture package, but you know, they give you a hundred of them and like buy the ones you want. And so, she was just like, the whole time, just like barking instructions at us, like, okay, now stand sideways, okay, now hold hands, okay, kiss, face each other, put your hand on her left hip, okay, look at me, now, okay, make eye contact, then look over here, stand over here, okay, 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 we should have brought her to the fucking bedroom later. Grab the left boob, now the right, take your time. Move up. Insert two fingers. Make a come here motion. Don't wince when your wrist hurts. That makes the pictures look bad. So it's a little. It was a little awkward uh, getting sung to by the Elvis guy. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? But, you know, we're just standing there, and he's like, Wise men say only fools rush in. And he would put our names in it, you know. Only Gabriel rushes in, but Christy can't help. Same with the vows. He'd get all these Elvis puns in there from song lyrics or whatever, like, Do you promise to be her hunk of burning love? Will you ease his suspicious mind? Will you love each other tender, love each other true? Will you stay married even if you live in the ghetto? <laughs> That's a good Elvis song. In a mother crowd in the ghetto. But it's also like, why are you singing about the ghetto? Because you stole all their music and got famous? Is that why? Also, I'm going to start listening to more Elvis. We were listening to Elvis songs the next day, Christy and I, and I'm like, this puts me in a good mood. This is like, Elvis has got some bangers. But yeah, that was really fun. Uh, got our four pictures out of it. 
I mean, crime scene investigations have taken less pictures than this lady did. And also, four of them, we barely had three good ones. I don't know if you've ever had a thing where you're looking through a ton of pictures, like maybe you got married, or like if you're, like comedians, they take all these headshots and show them to us, and you pick the ones you like. It's very depressing. Because you're like, really what you're saying is like, oh, all these are bad because that's what I actually look like. I don't want a picture of what people see when they actually look at me. I want a picture of what I want them to see when they look at me. We didn't uh, select it as one of our four, but there was a very funny picture because we, we sang with Elvis. We also fucked him later. We hit it off. Uh, we sang with Elvis, uh, uh, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, and then he made us sing with him. And there's pictures of us singing. Like, our mouths are open. Like, how the kids sang on the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Just mouths wide open. Also, like, you know, we came with, like, little flowers. And then they, they pinned a flower to me. But I came there straight from the world-famous Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. So I'm just wearing a fucking t-shirt that says Friday on it. Really. Looked like a, a bit of an asshole. What do you call that? A boot? A boutonnet? Boutonier just pinned into my Friday t-shirt oh you're a lucky lady also Elvis had very bad breath uh like the kind that might be I don't know you should see a dentist you know what I mean not like not like you should chew a stick of gum, but, like, you should go to a dentist and get your gums looked at because something's gone wrong. You got a hunk of hunk of burning something in your mouth, and it ain't good. Wise men say, don't forget to I'm hungry. Maybe I'll have some pho. If only I knew a good location for a pho restaurant. There's like a dumpster in the back and you knock three times and they let you in one at a time. So you let... You're like really into Jesus, huh? That's cool. Okay. Happy holidays. You know? I don't know what that means either, but... You know, as David Copperfield would say, uh... Yeah, it's a very special time of year. It means a lot to me. And I, being close to family is very important. My dad was my hero. 
Look, it's a dinosaur. Please clap. Okay, we're calling that a podcast. Bye!